Welcome to Get Undressed, the podcast that gets under the skin of the fashion industry. Brought to you by Dressed, the world's first luxury styling game. I'm Victoria Moss, Fashion Features Director at Dressed, and I'll be your host. At Dressed, we want to help style a new fashion era, one with inclusivity and diversity at its core, where everyone can feel represented and at home. In a year when everything has been thrown off its axis, it feels particularly important to reframe the conversation around fashion. So in each episode, I'll be interviewing a luminary figure from the fashion world and hopefully finding out what makes them tick when we ask them to take the dressionaire. We like to think of the dressionaire as a personal and stylish guide to life in all its varied forms, looking at the power of fashion and how it can be a force for good rounding out the belief that to be well-dressed is far more than the sum of your outfit. It's how you live, think and act in the world. It's a mix of questions designed to get them talking and us thinking. To kick off our first ever series, I'm very excited to introduce the incredible supermodel Candice Hafine. Candice is one of the world's most renowned models, She's been shot by some of the world's most famous photographers, including Stephen Meisel. She's been cast in the Pirelli calendar and has covered magazines including Vogue Greece, Vogue Italia and LUSA and is a current face of Victoria's Secrets. Candice has been at the forefront of a movement which has refocused the shape of beauty and fashion and has become a proud advocate for inclusivity and diversity. She is an authentic voice of the body positive movement, has launched her own inclusive, sustainable, activewear line day one, and is an ambassador for the Movement Foundation, a non-profit organisation committed to making fitness accessible, fun and empowering. And this is the charity which, drumroll, Candice will also be supporting through Dressed, as very excitingly she is one of our launch supermodel avatar cast. Alongside Natalia Vodjinova, Iman Hamam, Irina Sheikh and Precious Lee, Candice is now available for you to style in Dressed. Candice, a very, very warm welcome to you. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. What a beautiful intro. I'm like, oh, I, have, I can't add to that. I think we're good now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it from us. Thank you, guys. That was lovely. Thank you so much. Many thanks. It's a pleasure we're to done. be here chatting. Quickest record ever. Um, <laughs> how are you? And congratulations on your, your starring role in Dressed. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. I just keep um, describing it as really one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. I'm just oh. so, so, so excited. Like, we talk about the future of fashion, and this is truly it personified. Like, we are taking a leap into this new... Yeah world really this new digital world of shopping and gaming and uh giving back and I think it's like I cannot I cannot overuse or I am overusing the word cool it's just the coolest honestly I'm so honored and thank you so much oh we're thrilled to have you part of our inaugural supermodel lineup and tell me about what it was like when you sort of became an avatar you were scanned I think a little while back now what was that experience like it was, you know, I've been on, I mean, I've been a modeling for 20 years now. I've been on any shoot you can imagine. You know, I feel like I've seen it all and done it all. And this was a first, truly, in being scanned to become an avatar. Um, you know, you have to be very still, mm-hmm. something I can't say that I um, skilled at. <laughs> and um, you make these minor, you sit in a chair and you make these minor movements into a 360 turn while your face is photographed click by click by click to compile your entire um, face, 360, your expressions, um, your movements. It was fascinating to see. Yeah, it's quite a riveting process, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. And there's, you know, there is a part of it that still feels, even though you know you're becoming this really awesome digital model avatar person in this program like there is an analog aspect to it still that harkens back to like a traditional photo shoot because you do it with cameras still yeah you know there are tons of them and they are lined (laughs) up in a complete circle around you and you stand in the middle and they all fire at the same time which is a first but it still starts with 
the image and the photo. And that is definitely what I know. <laughs> it's in my DNA. So it's just fascinating to see like what could be done with it and, and how you'll be able to use this now this like other me, which is super cool. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to apologize yeah. now for the, for the it cool It is part. very cool. <laughs> Are you excited to see how everyone is, is going to style you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, as much as I love fashion and I, you know, have been playing with my own style for many years and kind of evolving and, and figuring out really like what's me through fashion, there is, I'm, I still have no shame in saying that I need to and want to take inspiration from other places. And so I would mm. love to see what someone else, you know, sees for me or wants to put on me and so that I can be inspired and that that might take me a whole new direction. It might be, yeah. it might unlock um, something that I never saw before and that I can even adapt to my real life. So I'm really excited. It's a collaborative effort to, <laughs> to, to get you dressed, <laughs> to, to make me, uh, yeah, to make me really fashionable. I'm into it. I needed all this. Where was all this help all this time? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So you've now going to have sort of millions of stylists all, all working this for you. It's so true. <laughs> and then when I hit the red carpet, they'll be like, oh, who dressed you tonight? And I'm like, um, millions of dressed players, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the way it works is that when you book Candice for one of your dress shoots, a percentage of the booking fee will be directed straight to her chosen charity, which is the Movement Foundation. Can you tell me a little bit why the sort of the movement of body positivity is so important to you? I just think it's such an incredible thing that Dressed is giving back to each model's charity of choosing. I think that's really special and it really shows that obviously fashion um, can serve a bigger purpose and can really make a difference in more ways than one. Um, and really, I mean, it comes down to that my entire life's work has been devoted to making myself vulnerable in a way that moves the needle forward for not only the industry, but even just one woman at home to feel differently about herself, to see herself in a different light and to feel comfortable in the skin that she's living in every day. Because we obviously have no time to waste on spending our every waking moment working to change our body. That's not why we've been put on this earth. And and I think that, you know, this year more than ever, I think has brought to light like what we need for ourselves or what we want for our future and the things that are truly important to us. And and I really think that changing like the size in, in your jeans is not at the top of that list, I would hope, <laughs> yeah. um, because there's just so much that we have to offer. And, and so making and helping women start a journey of self-love with themselves to, to really appreciate who they are inside and out unapologetically, to celebrate who they are. That's what I've been doing for 20 years. I mean, at the end of the day, I technically was not you know, welcomed into this industry in the beginning. There was no space for me truly. And I had to carve that path for myself without giving up because I did feel like, and I was like, am I, I'm not making this up, right? Like there should be a place for me here because mm. I know I'm not the only person who looks like me. And so I definitely um, stuck it out on a hunch that this was going to be very important one day. Seeing different women of different sizes was going to be really important for for just humanity, for, for womankind. And and I know that sounds very grand. Yeah, it's that idea, I think, of reclaiming that headspace, isn't it? That if you just sort of think, if you didn't think about your body at all, how much more you could be doing and thinking My about goodness. them. I know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, the, the next generation as well, like they just... I know that they're they're on the verge of greatness and I would just I just wish only the best for our youth and I don't want it to be wrapped up in in what I think we all used to go through in multiple ways when yeah. we were younger or when my mom was younger you know and like that everything was focused on figure and I just you know I think we have to break the cycle definitely and um, this year has obviously been quite full on for everyone. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> never quite know how to how to um, talk about it, really. But how, how has it been for you? It has been interesting, full on, <laughs> unprecedented. What are the other keywords? Special. Listen, I think it's been. I mean, 
as crazy as it's been and heartbreaking as it's been in so many ways, um, I'm always a silver lining kind of gal. And so Mm. I've been, I've been making sure to do some check-ins with myself throughout to see like what's different or what I've learned and what I'm taking away from all this, if, and when it goes back to normal. Like, I don't want to forget this time that we. Yes. We're forced to have. And I will say that, I mean, I, I learned that I need people around me. I need people who are like special to me and that I want to cultivate a very meaningful relationship with, which I likely didn't give enough time to when you're just going, going, going. And you, you know, it's all that it's this, it's the way that we start emails. Oh, I'm so sorry for the delay or like, Oh, I didn't even see this. It really reminded me that I, I need to carve out the time. I can take the time because I need these people so much and I, I love them and I want to never lose that. And I realized I can like, I just realized more of the things that make me happy that have nothing to do with being like caught up in a rat race, truly. And that I never gave myself time for. So there is parts of the slowdown or the isolation that I was actually grateful for. I mean, going back to saying, you know, I was, I I said, I've been working for 20 years and that's been nonstop airports, flights, hotels, planes, trains, automobiles. And I noticed that there was a pattern where I kind of always said, like, one day I'm going to X, Y, Z, like one day and one day I'm going to take a break. And one day I'm going to have Mm -hmm. like a two week holiday. I mean, the longest holiday I ever had was 10 days. And that was my honeymoon 10 years ago. Wow. <laughs> so it was a lot of one days, one day I will, one day I will. And the one day, you know, wasn't my choice. And it just came and it arrived. And it wasn't just obviously one day, it's been like almost a year. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that as a sign. I'm taking it as a reset and a sign. Yeah. I mean, I wish that there wasn't um, so much strife that came along with it just as a whole for for businesses and and families and things like that and and loss um but i personally was just looking at as a a much needed reset to kind of go into this next decade for me personally okay so if you're ready shall we go into the dress dinner first of all that play on words is just <laughs> phenomenal I, I saw it with a little <laughs> wink like we're gonna have a dress genere oh my gosh yes I'm so ready great <laughs> okay here we go did you find the fashion world an easy or hard place to get into <laughs> um I found it a very surprising place to get into uh just when you think you know you have no idea um and I so to take it back a little further I used to be a part of the pageant world when I was a kid. So I was oh, wearing, okay. yeah, I know that element always like makes people <laughs> laugh, but then also explain so much, I guess, like <laughs> why, <laughs> why I was just like born from the stage. Um, Love it. Yeah. So I was in the pageant world. I was, you know, dressed up on my weekends, with my hair curled and twirling around on a stage. And I did that up until I was 16. And I actually, I always wanted to be a model. Like this was Mm. the goal. And I thought I was doing that by being in pageants. And I thought where one hand just would like wash the other. I thought that like someone would come, someone would be in the audience, discover me from the pageant stage and put me on the cover of Seventeen magazine. That is what I thought in my head. Boom. Little did (laughs) I know those are two completely different industries, two completely different (laughs) ball games. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into. But someone did say to my mom in the audience, so there was little, there was an intervention, I guess, there. Someone did say to my mom in the audience, you should really take her to New York to visit modeling agencies. So we did that. And once again, met with surprise, I guess, um, because my body was not the ideal size. But who knew? Like, it was like, I was crushing it in the pageant world. I thought I was great. I was cute. I was really feeling myself. Like I had no body, not dysmorphic, like no body issues, I would say. I just didn't even yeah. like rate, I didn't even rate my size. I didn't, it was something you didn't even, I didn't even think about at the time, to be honest. For context, what, you, you were small, like, you know, in relative terms to 
a normal girl of that age. I was you, a what... size. I was probably a size eight, six, eight, probably. Which is, yeah. is super slim. So of course, as a sixteen-year-old, why would it occur to you that that I was, wasn't? Yeah, I mean, I was, um, act, I was playing sports in school, and I was, you know, do, doing pageants in my free time. I was just like, living it up, and um, and body just like wasn't a very huge topic in my house, which I always. Um, really give credit to my mom for it's like I watched her body change so many times I mean she had my brother when I was 12 so her size kind of fluctuated up and down in all different ways and we just never made it like a household stressor you know which I'm very appreciative of um so it wasn't until I got to New York where they're like right so that's a no from us (laughs) unless you want to um lose 20 pounds and that was so devastating to me because I was thinking like, how, how, did, like, what, first of all, what, why, but then also mm. how, how would I at a frame that I already felt was at its smallest for me? I mean, I was like, I was very tall already then and very broad and I was playing sports. I felt very strong. I was like, mm, that's not going to be like, there's no easy way for me to do that. There's no smart way for me to do that. Truly. I felt it already in my in my gut that like that wouldn't have been a safe journey for me. Um, So I declined obviously that offer and unbeknownst to me, there was a budding plus size industry, which only one agency at the time was taking on models a size eight and over and were like dipping their toe into this curve industry, which I knew nothing about. And um, during an open call, the uh, manager came in and he was like, I want to talk to you about plus size modeling. And I was like, well, I don't understand what that means. Can you show me? And he showed me the books of these incredible women. He showed me Kate Dillon's portfolio and Mia Tyler's portfolio. And I was like, these are plus size models. And he's like, yeah. And they were, and they had incredible editorials. And I was like, can I, am I going to be able to work? Like, can I be in magazines? Can I, can my dream come true? And he's like, absolutely. And that was a wrap. I was no, no questions asked. I was like, I absolutely want to be. And I said, oh, and I can be myself. Like I can just be me. And he's like, yeah. And that was in 2000, 2000. That was in 2000, the year 2000. Yeah. And I was like, sign me up. That sounds great. And the, we, you know, we hit the ground running and there wasn't a ton of opportunity then. So it was a hard entry because the industry was so new. I think brands obviously didn't understand who this woman was at the time and entering the market as a very young um, girl on the smaller side of the size spectrum. There wasn't a huge, there wasn't a ton of opportunity for me, but the bright side of that is like, I always feel like we kind of all grew up together. Me, the plus yeah. size industry, the market, et cetera. Like, and I still think we're, we're, at, we're in the beginning of that as well. Like there's just so many more brands and designers and companies that can make their size more inclusive. And so it just feels like the industry continues to grow, which has yeah. always been exciting to be a part of, but it was a tricky entry. Um, but I definitely kind of, pushed that door open, I would say for myself and was like, all right, let's see what we can do here. Yeah. You, pro- you, you said I can be myself and you said that I'll be able to work. All right, let's see, show me. Cause I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and did you have a plan B? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, the funny thing is it's like, my mom is always, she always makes this joke like, Oh, I was so happy when you're like, she was she was all she wanted in her life was a little girl, like a little daughter. And she's like, I wanted to just play dress up. Sometimes I put you sometimes I put you in three outfits a day just to be in the house, like little dresses <laughs> or whatever. So I mean, I feel like in a way, and she'll be like, I know, I knew all along. In a way, I was like born to do this. Not in <laughs> not in a um not in a conceited way, but I just feel like I've been, I don't know, on the stage or in the you know showcasing myself or in some capacity and and in fashion and dressing up and doing all these things since I was a since I was literally born and so I just felt like it was I mean for better I guess if even if I wanted to be a veterinarian I think that my my whole upbringing was bringing me this way (laughs) (laughs) so there was honestly there was no plan b so 
when mm-hmm. I went to New York and I was met with the rejection, I was like, oh, wait a second. I actually didn't expect that. I, I went in with like pretty fierce confidence, to be honest. Yeah. I went up there and I was like, hey, I'm here to get my contract now. And they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, little girl, I'm sorry. But I think back to that time and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to adopt more of that 15 year old's confidence. Yeah. Because I went in guns blazing like, hey, I am here to do my thing and change the world. And they were like, eh, we'll see about that. But it was the plan. It was the only plan. So I'm really very thankful that it worked out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and what's been the most useful career advice you've been given? Useful career advice is actually came from one of my best friends very early on at a job. Um, she said, your only competition is with yourself. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, we're all, aren't we all vying for the same jobs, the same things? Don't we all, aren't we all just meant to be mannequins and, and like, you know, a brunette girl is a brunette girl. Mm. And that was silly me for thinking that, but I was also very young and didn't understand, um, the power of a model, but also that opportunity also grew as the industry grew as well anyway. Um, and, you know, you, you do let competition become your worst nightmare, really. It can be the demise yeah. of you because if you think that someone got something because they're better than you or they're, they're prettier than you or they, you know, the idle mind is the devil's playground and you can yeah. just spin yourself into um, despair, really. And so early on, she told me, you are your only competition, so just focus on you. And that was some of the best advice. And that doesn't matter what industry you're in, truly, but... You need Mm. to just focus on you because it could be spiraling about what someone else is doing can take you multiple steps backwards, I think. And that's even as simple as like looking at someone's Instagram life and thinking that it's better than yours. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to just stop and say like, I'm in charge of me and you need to just make yourself number one. Um, So that was one of the best pieces of advice that really helped me um, not drive my agents crazy (laughs) (laughs) with questions about why I didn't get a job. And then the second is to save your money because I learned early on the hard way until someone was like, what are you doing? You cannot spend your paychecks on these fancy bags, these handbags uh, (laughs) right out of the gate when you haven't put any money towards your taxes. Like what are taxes? Yeah. <laughs> I remember sitting in my accountant's office and he yeah. told me what I owed and I was in hyster- hysterically crying because I was like, well, I don't have that. And yeah. it makes you think, well, like, well, what did I do with it? And it's just really unwise choices from a young woman. And I, that's totally normal and happens and is common. But um, saving is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Save it up. Who inspires you the most in the industry? Hmm. I mean, not to be broad, I know like names are always fun, but I'm really inspired by the plus model community. Honestly, I always have been. Mm. I think that every woman has put such a responsibility on her shoulders, a self-induced responsibility, which we didn't all come together to say we were going to like make this all of our, our like our, our life's mission. It was almost just unspoken and that we've entered this uncharted territory. We're carving a path within this fashion industry, which has looked the same way for a very long time. And we're all here together to make it different so that women can feel really great about themselves. And I think that, you know, we made a point even before social media to just showcase or, or to share everything about ourselves in every way possible in order to resonate with any woman who needed to hear it or see it or anyone who was listening. Um, just so that we all were feeling more confident or feeling strong or empowered. And that was something that I feel like every curve model made her goal and her mission. And I just think it's, it's always been really inspiring to me because it's not just getting your hair and makeup done 
and putting on a dress, you know, and there was no, there was no click into gear that was like, okay, we're going to shift our focus to this now. It's like, we all kind of came in with the same plan, but no one really talked about it. And you kind of look around and you're like, wow, like we're all doing it. We're all feeling the same way about our purpose here. And I think that's been one of the really like the most inspiring things. It's just like, you keep doing what you're doing when you get a DM or something from someone who's like, I looked at myself differently today or like I, I put on a bathing suit today and I had a great time. And then you're like, this is why we do it. Not just me. It's not just like, I'm, I'm not single-handedly changing things. It's, it's really all of us. So they are endlessly inspiring to me. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, I think, because I interviewed you a few years ago when you did the Pirelli calendar and Ooh. I, yeah, in New York, it was, a, yeah, it must have been a few years ago. Oh my God. Um, yes. I remember, I remember my outfit that day. I remember everything. Oh my do you, gosh. In that funny, yes. it was in an office, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was like really like a press junket, like a, like a endless yes, kind of yeah. carousel in and out. And, oh my gosh. Um, but I, I, you know, I've been a fashion journalist for a, a long time, but I remember when I met you and being like, you know, we're sort of a similar size, I guess. And just literally the first time I was like, wow, this is the first time I've ever spoken to a model or looked at a model and thought that's what I would look like in that outfit. And having sat through endless fashion shows of watching mm. women, but just never having that personal connection. And I, I do think there's something so powerful about that, which I hadn't really, until I sort of experienced it in that really sort of... um you know, right in front of me way. I was like, wow, that's, that's the kind of the magic of it. Mm, thank you. That really means so much. And and honestly, that's the, that really is the driving factor. I mean, yeah, when I entered the industry when I was 15, of course I came in to make my own singular dreams came tr come true. Like I wanted to be on a billboard in Times Square. I wanted a cover of a magazine. I wanted to put myself through college. Like those were the goals. But once I was really immersed in it and I saw what could happen, what could change, the difference you can make, yeah. the difference you could make through, one, the difference you could make through image before we even had an opportunity to speak um, was just the added bonus to a job that already is a dream come true every day that I'm living it. But this other element that came in with a huge surprise is the thing that will like honestly keep me going until the day you guys kick me out of this industry <laughs> the, yeah, day, it's... the day I'm 95 and I'm like please I mean this is I mean don't you need me I'm just sure <laughs> but that really means so much to me and then I hope that you know even in what we're you know what we're doing here with dressed as well too when yeah absolutely when, when someone wants to, you know, if they choose me as their avatar, I hope that they're, maybe they're seeing themselves in me in some way. And it makes them really excited about, about fashion and, and getting dressed and, and having a little fun and with through expression and, and really in, in whatever capacity will help just take the burden of size off a woman's shoulders. Like I yeah. hope that you fall back on me for like, I'm happy to be here to be um, your partner in that. Yeah, I th it's such a simple thing, but um, but yeah, it's it's incredibly powerful. I think, which is why this conversation always does need to continue. Like just when I think that, um, you know, the the inclusivity, the size inclusivity conversation has been going on for so long with such little change, I am reminded that we've made great strides in a short yeah. amount of time, and that is actually through all the conversations. So it need it it will never be too old or done because yeah, there's still sure. always something to be done and it does it does help facilitate that it, it really there could be one designer listening right now that's like you know what <laughs> I need to I need to make women feel seen and feel great and mm -hmm. and they could change the way that they you know build their brand so that's really the goal is just up up onward and upward and what's been your most thrilling fashion moment mm, Italian Vogue <laughs> honestly it was just I mean I still think about it like it was yesterday I can see myself in that room I can see myself in the in the Waldorf Astoria and I can I can actually see myself at the original casting for it I just it's so at the front of my mind and it was one of the most glamorous and and special shoots I'd ever been on and 
I was also coming off of, okay, so that was in 2011 now. So, And that was a Stephen Mizell cover. Yeah. So I had been working in the industry already for a decade, but very quietly because the plus industry was still building and growing and, and you weren't seeing a lot of curvy bodies in editorials. And so we kind of were in our own bubble in a sub part of the industry, I would say. Yeah. So I had been working for a long time, but not ever with this opportunity, not with a high fashion editorial opportunity, period. I had never even gone to a casting for something like this to a point where I didn't even know how to dress for it. I was panic texting my <laughs> agent, like, how do I go to a casting for this? And he was like, do not put on a full face of makeup. Promise me you will not put on a full <laughs> face of makeup. And I was like, oh my gosh, you go to a casting with no makeup? Like, that's just not what we did then for yeah. some reason. Like the curvy girls always showed up to castings like fully decked out. I don't know <laughs> if it was that we felt like we had to paint the whole picture for you right out of the gates to convince you yeah. that you needed us right now in your campaign. But it was just bizarre. It was just really something that we all did. <laughs> and um, so he's like, no, you need to just be simple, ponytail, no makeup. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Um so from that from that panic to the shock of actually being on that set, I would say it's it was obviously such a thrill that it sits with me like it happened last month, honestly. I mean, I can see like I can see the curtains. I can see everything that was there and it was just one of my most special special moments to date. And what's been your least glamorous fashion moment? <laughs> All of them leading up to that? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny because I have no, I have no shame in saying that. Like I, I had always been a catalog girl. Like I, that's what I did for the majority of my career. That's what I still do is shoot catalogs. It's, it's part of the modeling industry. Um, but back, back in the day, in the beginning, I used to work for a lot of um, small European catalogs. I did a lot of my work um, in Germany and, when I was younger and we would often like not really stop for lunch. So I would find myself like at breakfast making sandwiches and wrapping them in napkins and <laughs> sticking them in my purse to eat like later in the back of a car on the, next, oh. on the way to the next location, like crazy stuff like that, where you're just like, if anyone only knew that, yeah. <laughs> this, that we are shooting fashion right now, but I'm eating a warm sandwich out of my purse that I got at <laughs> breakfast. Like there are so many elements of of the job that are unglamorous but um you know that's the beauty of fashion that's the fantasy of fashion darling <laughs> yeah <laughs> no one sees that bit I know it's so funny and washing your socks in the sink and things like that like my mom used to be like she would always say like I'd give anything to walk to walk a mile in your shoes and I was like well right now the shoes are dirty because my I just wa I have to wash my socks in the sink like no I wouldn't wish these shoes on anyone <laughs> but it's just the things you did when you like living on the road what does being well dressed mean to you hmm. it means you feel great it has so little to do with the actual garments but it's a feeling and they do go hand in hand truly I mean you feel a certain way when the outfit is incredible and the goal is that you find a way to just feel that all the time but you can express yourself it's an added layer to express who it is you are or you're discovering or who you want to be um, and so when the two go hand in hand and you feel really really great I mean that's like impeccable style that's that's being well dressed that's that's the embodiment of who you are and what do you think will really drive true inclusivity in fashion? Commitment. Just true commitment across the board. No more fear. No more... Um, what's a nice way to put this? <laughs> um, like no more... I don't want to use the word tokenism. I just... I do think that some things are done... Yeah, ticks temporary. Yeah, temporarily. Because um, the timing is right, and mm -hmm. it would be looked down upon if you weren't a part of the movement, but you're not fully committed to the movement. So we might see a little, a little inclusive moment, briefly in a season, and then you might go back to your old ways for you know because that's just what you know. And yeah. I really do think 
thinking about the whys, like why not? Why don't you want to make a change to represent the whole of the world, the whole of people? Um, and and I think that you would, you know, and I'm saying you, like designers, magazines, brands, that it's it's a broad spectrum. But I just mm. think they're really, if you when you sit down and you get past your traditions of of the way that your wheel was already rolling and you realize that making the change will be a positive thing and you kind of get out of the, the corporate aspect of things. And, and I don't even, sometimes I can't even explain like why, why they haven't made the change, but I know that there's, there's so much that we don't know behind the scenes, whatever, but no more fear and like no more just, dipping the toe in to just try occasionally, it needs to be a full commitment. And then you will see the full positive change on the back end for the growth of your company and for, and, and for your own happiness. I think, doesn't it feel good to be a brand or, or a company that makes a very large group of people feel incredible like what you would sleep great at night wouldn't you you'd go to bed knowing that you're doing something yeah especially if they all then go and buy your clothes yeah and then they 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 feel great they look great it's a domino effect honestly and I think that we all have to just be committed to being a part of a part of its momentum because the domino effect might be so simple but I mean it's like if you finally got the dress of your dreams in your size and suddenly you're like snapping photos of yourself and you go out there and you go to that job interview, whatever it might be, it's a domino effect of positivity across the board for confidence, for empowerment, for shopping. Like it's, it's as simple as for sales and as big as an internal change for a woman. So no matter which way you go, you need to commit to all of it. Mm. And if you could only wear one outfit for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, this year, it was sweatpants, but that is not my answer. <laughs> I guess my uniform, honestly, is jeans, a vintage tee, and a leather jacket. That's me, really. <laughs> No matter how I try to fight it. I mean, I don't really try to fight it, but I do try to obviously experiment and go outside the box. But when it comes down to a classic canvas outfit, that's it. <laughs> and what piece in your wardrobe makes you feel confident? Hmm. Makes me feel confident. I would say actually, which is new for me, a bikini. I know. I've turned over a new leaf. <laughs> and I I'm I'm barefoot in a bikini and not obviously not year round, but I mean if only we wish. But <laughs> I'm just feeling different this year. Like I feel it it felt really good. I felt empowered. Because it's also like what once again, what are what are we why not? Yeah. Why not? What are we wasting time for? I think this year has shown us that like whew, just when you just when you think you have it all figured out, there will always be something that comes and spins it in another direction and we have no time to waste. You love that you love that bathing suit, you love that bikini, you wanna be outside, you wanna put a smile on your face, you wanna have a good time we're not second guessing anything anymore. There's just, yeah. you just can't, no time. There are only some things we can be in control of mm. and putting on the damn bikini is one of them. So yeah. <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, and what's a great styling hack? Oh, I've learned this as of late. Uh, adding jewelry. I think that sometimes we think that the outfit has to be incredibly elaborate when really the outfit can be very simple. Mm -hmm. which is very chic. And then you add statement, you add layered gold necklaces, you add a watch, some bracelets, some earrings. Then I actually feel like that's when I'm, I feel complete and done. And if I mm -hmm. walk out missing those things, I'm like, Oh, I'm, you know, oops, this isn't really my look today. Yeah. So I think that that's a really, um, a really easy addition and also like a great way to, to, 
elevate very classic pieces that you have in your wardrobe and brush your eyebrows. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> brush your brows and then, sh- and shellac them down and we're good. Then you're, <laughs> you are, you are dressed. Yeah. It's the, it's the small details, I think, isn't it? That. Yeah. It's a, well, it all goes back to just a feeling, mm. right? It's like when people say like with their missing their ring or something, they feel naked. It's like until you've done the, for me at least until I've, brush the brow up and then put on the gold chain <laughs> then I'm done and what's the trick to a great selfie yikes well everyone does say a high angle I can't say I'm a personal fan of the high angle for some reason it doesn't work for me um also I really will admit I'm I don't really feel like I'm great at selfies um here's my selfie hack put the self timer to use. Yeah. That's, I think yeah. that's like one thing we always forget. Cause <laughs> for me, it's like the angle and then the, too much arm in the way. Like, I don't know how, like hats off to the girls who do the beautiful selfies and you see no arm, you see nothing, you see no hand, no elbow. I'm like, how did they get that? How'd they do that? Well, they spend so hours me, for a start. I, seriously. And there's ring lighting <laughs> involved. There's all yeah, kinds there's of a stuff. lot. There's a lot. There's all kinds of tricks that I am not even <laughs> attuned to, but I'm a real self-timer fan and I like to set it up. You give yourself 10 seconds, you back up and you can even, it doesn't even have to be like a face selfie. You can get a whole body in at that point. You can casually walk by as if it's not a selfie and someone else took it. (laughs) There's a lot lot more options there. Um, I'm a fan of that one. And what's your strongest childhood memory? Strongest childhood memory. Dare I say the pageants? <laughs> I don't I know that sounds crazy to go back to. It wasn't a traumatic time for me in any capacity. It was so fun. When I was a little kid, I I mean I had a I had a blast playing dress up and and going to these pageants on the weekends and my mom and my grandma went and it was like a family affair. And I remember those so vividly. I remember this one like pink dress with all these beads on it and I remember playing with the beads and like like they, they accidentally kept falling off probably because like Back then, it was a very cheap dress, and who knows what material that was made out of. But I, um, <laughs> I remember being like, "Oops! I hope nobody sees that." Um, and it was just fun. It was like a fun, like very odd family tradition that we did, and I remember them so well. I remember the hair. I honestly think I have hairspray in my in my bloodstream, in my blood type, because I've been <laughs> I've been hairsprayed since I was five. So those are those are pretty <laughs> those are pretty strong memories. <laughs> and what do you always have with you? Hmm. Hand sanitizer and a mask. <laughs> um, hand sanitizer and a mask and a positive outlook. Hmm. And what do you always forget? Uh, a mask. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> always forget a phone charger. And a brush. <laughs> I always forget a brush. I had a dollar for every time I went to set. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't pack a brush. This is when, when I'm on location. I didn't pack a brush. And I just did it with my fingers. I'm so sorry. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm such an amateur. Do you always feel confident? Um, I mean, I'm human. So I would say I'd be lying if I said, like, yes, you wake up every day. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm amazing. Um, But I've spent obviously the better part, more than half my life working on this journey, but also making it public as well. And so I think that like, I have, I feel very confident most of the time because in actuality, I've been sharing my affirmations with the world as the person that I am with the platform that I have. And so like, I'm publicly putting in the work and I'm actively putting in the work every day, I guess. So I do feel like I'm, I feel mostly confident all of the time, but that's just because I've worked at it really hard for 20 years and made it public knowledge. And so um, I don't want anyone to think that like, I just think I'm the shit all the time. And like, that's just something that I, I have and they can't have. Um, I'm very Mm. human. Everyone has a bad day. 
bad days, plural as well. And and sometimes there's things where you're like, oh, I mean, this could change. I could do this differently. And am I am I relevant? What am I doing? My life is this the right direction? Like it doesn't. It's not even just about body. It can be about anything. But that's when the work really becomes important. And you have to like be your biggest cheerleader. You have to snap yourself back to a positive place and figure out like what's the next step forward for you that makes you feel good. So as just like a a human normal woman, I would say, no, I'm not confident all the time because show me someone who is, but I've also been trying to work on it for 20 years so that most days are always good. And so that's what I'm like trying to take people along with me to also experience. What makes you feel vulnerable? Hmm. Sharing on social media, I would say. There's still an element of, I mean, even though I feel like I've, you get used to sort of letting it all hang out and and getting deep and sharing. There's still an element, of course, when you hit send of nervousness. There's a pit in your stomach. Did I go too far? Did I say enough? Will someone understand what I'm saying? Will it, will it be read in the right context? And, and should I just post a selfie and move on? Like, does it all have to be so deep? Like there's just, I think there's a constant uh, narrative that happens in your head because you want to share and, and sort of help in some capacity if you feel like you can by like by making your experiences or your your body um, relationship public, but those are all vulnerable things. I mean, even the, yeah. even with no words, a photo is a vulnerable thing to let you know to let someone see you and make it up for their own interpretation. Um, all of it goes hand in hand, and so I think anytime you press send on anything you're putting out into the world or anything you create to put out in the world is a vulnerable moment. Do you but, enjoy it? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. I thought you meant the job, this job. (laughs) Um, No, I actually, I really do. I really do. Um, I think there's incredible power in it, um, obviously, as a a platform for using your voice, but also just for connection as well. I mean, how are you ever going to be able to connect or get in contact with someone who's been following you for years or who's daughter has been following you or who just wants to, you know, I I get so many messages of just cheerleading basically. Like I'm like, I've been following you and it makes me so happy to see you, you know, working for Victoria's Secret or whatever. And it's like, um, it becomes a family really. And we've all been doing this, you know, we've all been with each other for years at this point. It's such a nice way to connect and it has, yeah, I just uh, that's my favorite part about it and I will say that I I feel very blessed that the people who do choose to follow me because let us not forget it is a choice at the end of the day. Yeah. So <laughs> if there is something you don't agree with or something you, you don't, don't like, <laughs> you don't have to see it and you definitely don't have to comment on it <laughs> negatively and ruin someone's day to make yourself feel better. Um but I will say the the lovely humans who have chosen to follow me are incredibly supportive and positive and kind. And so I have a great experience with social media because of the people that have chosen to be in my circle and they really do motivate me. So I, I do love it. And what's your favorite movie? Hmm. Almost famous. What song always makes you dance? I want to dance with somebody. (laughs) And what's your favorite room at home? Oh, favorite room. The living room. We've had magical evenings and conversations and jam sessions in the living room. The living room for us is this really magical, unexpected bubble. And even when we have guests that come over and we like all sit in the living room together, We can sit for hours and it feels like we have a whole lifetime within these four walls and sitting in these like four chairs really and and have the most incredible experiences in just of what seems like a really common living room, but (laughs) it's it's holding some of the best memories. And are you a morning person? 
Absolutely not. (laughs) Never have been. And it's also so surprising. I mean, in this job for so long, I, you know, it's not uncommon to have a a 4am call time. Obviously, like you get up early to go to the airport, like my body should be used to this. And it has never played the game. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Do you procrastinate? Unfortunately, I do. I always have even in school. Um, and in some twisted way, I convinced myself that it was better for me because under pressure is when I pulled out my best work. But at the end of the day, procrastinating is just an added stress, isn't it? Like I'm trying to get better. Obviously it's like, I have things that I could work on there still to this day, but I am finding that like, and my husband has a theory that if you don't do something within the first what was it? First five seconds? Well, there must be, it must be a different rule. It must be like f- first five minutes. I think if you don't do it within the first five minutes, you're probably never going to get to it. And so I try to be conscious of that, like in little things, even responding to an email, it's like, just do it right now. Yeah. Instead of looking and putting it down to continue, <laughs> you know, maybe like something mundane that I was doing, like take a second and respond to that or else you're going to be going back to the old song and dance. Sorry for the delay, which I don't want to keep starting my emails with. So, uh, yeah, so I am. I'm a procrastinator and I'm working on it. (laughs) And what's the most extravagant thing you've ever done? Um, I would say throwing a wedding. That's quite an extravagant party. But I would say the time that Matt and I rented a baby blue Porsche when I was in Cannes to do the Ampar runway show. We stayed a few days extra, rented this beautiful little car and drove the coast of the South of France and, and stopped at these beaches and had wine in the middle of the day and drove the mountains and listened to music with the the top off of the car. Like that's something, that's something we don't often do slash ever do. I mean, I'm the kind of gal is like, let me get the first flight out after the job because I just want to go back home because I'm such yeah. a homebody and I, <laughs> I want to like, I want to just go back to my creature comforts. Um, but then this time he was with me and the place is so magical and it lends itself mm. to that. And we were like, let's just do something really wild. And, and so that was pretty, felt very fabulous and extravagant. Yeah. And what do you do to relax? What do I do to relax? I relax to the fullest. I get like... <laughs> I veg out. I get like sweatpants, Netflix series, the whole nine yards, snacks on the couch. Everything happens from the couch. Um, I do also like making things. And that's something that I've discovered. I mean, I always have, but never have had enough time for. But this year has lent itself to obviously more free time and more um, freedom, I guess, to create. And so uh, in our home, I think all of the projects that were just hypothetical or, or ideas. I actually used my free time to execute and found that it is very relaxing. So like I did a lot of creative projects, um, like painting a dresser and yeah. I wrapped um, rope around an old surfboard to create an art piece. And so those sort of things, which seem like work and not relaxing actually are an incredible release. You're not, you know, tied to your phone in any way. Your hands are busy doing something. You're listening to music and can be really meditative. Yeah, really satisfying as well when you do something mm-hmm. like that, I think. Very. Also very surprising because I'm like, <laughs> all of the stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be super easy. It's super easy. And then three days later, I'm like, yeah. I mean, when I wrapped the surfboard, I couldn't even, my fingertips were sore and raw from like the rope and it took me days to do and meanwhile I thought it would be an afternoon but it was still really really satisfying yeah and what keeps you up at night Um, what keeps me up at night songs honestly I lay in bed singing songs in my head um songs and sort of the you know what the future looks like what what I'm going to do next. I don't let it consume me, but I think there are those moments at the end of the day when you're not doing anything else where you're a bit like, Hmm, what can I tackle? And what will become of 
this industry, the world, me, what do I have to offer? What's next? I think those are normal things, I guess, to cross a mind. Um, but fun things, they're fun things. They make me excited. I think that's another thing is like, I give myself time this year to really like lay awake and be like, what do I want to do? Wouldn't it be cool if I X, Y, Z, and then you kind of, kind of wake up rejuvenated feeling, looking forward to a way to like actually do it. Yeah. And how ambitious are you? I would like to think very, very, I mean, I made a goal for myself when I was a kid to be where I am right now. I mean, obviously, I don't even know if I dreamed big enough then because um, of things that I thought that I would be doing or that I hoped for have exceeded and then some. Um, I think my ambition keeps those goals evolving um, in order to do more, pivot, do new things, in in all capacities, like still staying very much within this industry and, and staying relevant in the industry and doing things that I feel like are necessary for the future of women in fashion or, or, or fashion for women. But either way, I just, there's still, I still feel like, even though when I say I've been doing this for 20 years, I still feel like I'm brand new. So that's exciting to me because I just know that there's a lot more that I am looking forward to and that I have to offer and that I want to do. So I would say my my ambition is what is the driving factor there because there's no stopping really <laughs> in my eyes. And what's your favorite cheap thrill? My favorite cheap thrill? Um, wine in <laughs> a paper cup. On the beach, Perfect. <laughs> a to-go wine on the beach at sunset. <laughs> What's your favorite game? Dominoes. Hmm. What person do you admire right now? What person do I admire right now? Like right now, this hour, today, <laughs> this, this year. <laughs> yeah, this year. This year. Uh, moms. Moms and teachers. Um, my sister-in-law is both of those things. And watching her navigate staying at home and teaching her students and teaching her own three kids yeah. has been the, the ballet performance of a lifetime. Like, I really just don't know how I can't imagine. I mean, we, you know, I'm how, how different our lives really are. Not just hers and I, but just maybe me to any, any mom at home or any woman at home. It's like, you know, on one hand, I was, I spent a day like making banana bread and how, what a stark difference to, you know, the mom at home who's trying to homeschool for the first time while doing her own job too. Like, wow, because I have, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I don't even know what that, that entails and kudos to every every woman out there crushing this new normal, I would say. And they are to be admired. And what are you most proud of achieving? All of this, I would <laughs> say. It's been when I, you know, I look back, you know, you look back to see how far you've come. Um, I just, I mean, I'm, I can't believe it. I, I wanted it and I made it happen somehow. I didn't do it alone by any means. There's a lot of things that fell into place at the right time, of course, and that's with the industry changing as well and me being there at the right time. Um, but I really can't believe it. I mean, I was a cheerleader in high school. It was like, oh, hey, I have to miss this practice because I'm going to go to New York to get a modeling contract. And who comes back with the modeling contract? It's just like, I, you know, I can't believe I did the things. I did it. I did what I wanted what I dreamt of what I hoped for and and I made it last and I'm gonna make it bigger too I guess I can't stop now <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you're committed now <laughs> we are committed <laughs> okay it's now time for the quick fire round 
Scrabble or chess? Scrabble. But I wish I could play chess. I'm watching a great show on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit. And now oh, I'm yes. I'm Is that good? So good. It's so good. And so chess is next. It's fascinating. Sorry. Mm. Tetris or snake? Tetris. Yoga or Pilates? Yoga. Running or swimming? Mm, running. Diamonds or pearls? Mm. Diamonds. Black, preferably. <laughs> Grunge or glamour? Can we combine the two? That's hot. That's sure. beautiful. <laughs> Sweatpants or leggings? Leggings. Sneakers or heels? Sneakers. Thanksgiving or Christmas? Thanksgiving. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Gold or silver? Uh, gold. And champagne or tequila? Oh my gosh! Every single one of these questions I've been on both sides of. Also, I'm a Libra, but I mean, you've named my favorite things on both sides. Oh, goodness gracious. Tequila, I guess. I mean, but both. <laughs> Put them together. Seriously. I'm like, oh, I can't decide. I love I love a heel and a, I love the glamour too. I mean, give me a smoky eye and a teased hair any day. But okay, if I had to choose, fine. Thanks, tequila. <laughs> brilliant oh well thank you so much candace um thank you so much for coming on get undressed this was so much fun thank you for listening to get undressed the podcast brought to you by dressed the world's first luxury styling game which is available to download now from the app store and if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe to get undressed via your preferred podcast platform